0: On this episode of Mike Drop Dallas, we're talking big-time sports sponsorship, and also we take a look back at 2023 and a look ahead to 2024. It's season four, episode eight, the finale, so let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to Mic Drop Dallas, everyone, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, along with Sports Commission Executive Director, Monica Paul, and our on-air producer, Next Level, Marcus Carr. Monica, the Mic Drop moment of the year has to be the Rangers winning their first World Series title. We've seen the community all across North Texas rally around the team. Fantastic interview you you and Next Level did with Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, an episode or two ago, uh, you can still feel the buzz. So we'll put that in first place as the mic drop moment of the year uh, in Dallas Fort Worth sports. But what you've had some additional mic drop moments with the sports commission and also personally with your Longhorns.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's been a it's been a great year, 2023. Uh, it started off early in the in the spring with dallas being named the number one sports business city by sports business journal what an honor uh, something that we i think we all knew all along but uh didn't expect uh to to have that come out at the first of the year so it's actually been a real boost for us and uh something that we can really galvanize some of our partners and celebrate with And uh, we'll have a big celebration coming up this january 2024 as well but uh, kudos to all of our professional teams, conferences, leagues, uh, our entire community uh, for that one. Um, and I probably another big moment for us was our NCAA Women's Final Four uh, set all types of uh, records. It was just electric here in, in Dallas and something that we didn't think we could outdo what we did in 2017. But 2023 and the growth of women's basketball was pretty phenomenal here in, uh, in the Dallas area. And yes, my Longhorns, I'm quite excited about my Longhorns uh, making the CFP. I know uh, some of my uh, Florida State uh, friends may not uh, be so excited about that and may think otherwise, Uh, but uh, a big win for my my Longhorns and uh, the volleyball program who just won back-to-back national championships as well. So congratulations to both of
0: those. uh, Well, we know that that's that's especially meaningful to you because you're a volleyball person.
1: I I am. I actually worked with the the women's program at University of Texas when I was going to school there my my senior year. So, uh, Jared Elliott, their head coach, a great friend of mine. Uh, I worked for Mick Haley, who was the the head coach and who was actually the reason I uh, moved over to into Colorado Springs with the the women's national team. So, uh, great legacy that program has there for Austin.
0: Now, as we look ahead to twenty twenty four, our next show will be somewhere in the late January vicinity. Maybe we'll be doing a Super Bowl preview show uh, for the Cowboys. You never know what's going to happen there. Uh, stars off to a great start. Mavericks off to a good start, but struggling to stay stay healthy. At the Sports Commission, what are you looking forward to in 2024?
1: Well, we'll start out, hopefully, with an announcement in late January of uh, the match schedule for uh, the FIFA World Cup, Uh, something that we've been waiting for uh, about a year now, but uh, really hopeful that starting off 2024 uh, with a bang there still anticipating, you know, seven, eight matches would love to be honored with the name the host of the final so we'll see what uh, January comes to bear for us. Uh, in March, we're hosting a NCA Men's Regional uh, at the American Airlines Center. So we've hosted a first and round, first and second round, uh, 2018. Supposed to host in 2021. So great to have men's basketball back uh, here in the area. Uh, March will be the Concacaf Nations League's finals over at at Stadium. We'll pair more soccer up uh, June and July with Copa America uh, matches there. We have uh, two group stages and then a quarterfinals. Uh, we were just named the host of the Women's Under-18 uh, Softball World Cup uh, qualifier in 2024. Nice. Uh, and an actual World Cup uh, in 2025. So that's kind of a new um, area for us a little bit. We've hosted softball many, many years in the past, but this is a different type of a level of competition. So excited to see what national teams and countries will be visiting us here in in Dallas. And then uh, we've also have the SEC media days that will be taking place in 2024 here in in the Dallas area. So um, a few more announcements to come uh, to round out our 2024 uh, event schedule that uh, hopefully we'll be able to share in in the spring of 2024 of others that uh, to take place later in the year.
0: We also are, are, have the you know, SMU joining the ACC right around the corner. What opportunities might that bring to Dallas uh, for, well, with, potentially with the help of the sports commission?
1: Yeah, I mean, just just their overall schedule, uh, you know, conference schedule in in itself and the teams that they'll be playing uh, different level of uh, team university that will be coming to the Dallas area. So we see that as increased tourism opportunities uh, in general, but uh, we're very keen on looking at opportunities uh, for whether it's basketball championships, volleyball championships, uh, different, you know, overall football championships for for that conference. Uh, and just to see what is available. I know there's uh, still a lot of movement in the college space, but um, a great opportunity. And I can tell you just because I've I've been on that SMU campus here this past semester and my teaching, a lot of different, a lot of positive energy and uh, to, uh, as they transition here uh, going into this next year.
0: Always something going on. FC Dallas had a good playoff, good playoff run. Uh, the, the wings, had a good playoff run so all signals pointing up in 2024 always a lot to look forward to on the dallas fort worth sports scene so we're with that we're back in a moment to talk big time sports sponsorships with camilo durana the executive vice president apple partnership properties and events for major league soccer and later andrea jones of of american express first over to rachel
2: get ready sports fans this fall is stacked with events right here in the Big D. From food sport to football, the number one sports business city has something for everyone. Head to dallasports.org to sign up for access to exclusive ticket announcements, discounts, and presales to be part of the next big win.
1: We are pleased to be joined today by Camilo Durana executive vice president of Apple Partnership Properties and Events at the MLS and Soccer United Marketing. He has worked with the biggest soccer brands, properties, and even at the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Camillo, welcome to Mike Drop Dallas.
3: Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Marcus. It's great to be here.
1: So obviously, 2026, a big year for us. Uh, coming up, the World Cup will return to the DFW area for the first time since 1994, uh, directly after the MLS was created. Camilo, how have you seen the evolution of Major League Soccer grow since then? And with the World Cup coming back, uh, what do you think the future of soccer uh, beyond 2026 holds?
3: Well, you hit the nail on the head. The the FIFA World Cup in 1994 was a catalyst uh, for the start of Major League Soccer, and and we've had a long road since. MLS has become one of the top leagues in the world, and along the way, we've built a really committed uh, group of owners who have invested billions in soccer-specific stadiums around the U.S. and Canada that are the perfect places to enjoy a game. They've invested in world-class training facilities to make sure players uh, have the best resources possible, and the next generation of players Uh, have the best training environments uh, possible as well. We've also invested in an unbelievable player pool. We have the most diverse player pool in the world, players from over 80 countries, including World Cup winners like Lionel Messi, who's probably somebody you've heard of recently. Uh, Tiago Almada, you know, you've got the likes of Carlos Vela, one of the best players uh, in Mexican history, and and North Texas' own, Jesus Ferreira, who becomes more and more a prominent figure uh, when the U.S. national team plays. And we're coming off... Uh, a historic year at Major League Soccer. We've got record attendance, uh, record merchandise sales. We launched League's Cup, an, a mid-season tournament um, that, that did successful, uh, incredibly well for us, and a historic uh, partnership uh, with Apple, amongst other things. So we're doing uh, our best to position the league to continue growing and be competitive, not just in the very competitive domestic uh, U.S. sports landscape, uh, but also at a global level. level. And, and the FIFA World Cup... Uh, as you know, is the ultimate stimulus package. It it changes the economies of, of countries, and and in the in the instance of the U.S., it makes soccer a mainstream. And what that does for us, um, whether it be the World Cup or another big event, soccer event that comes to, uh, to the United States and uh, Canada, is it causes more people to to be interested in the sport. They may decide to trial and buy a ticket and go to an FC Dallas game. They may decide to buy a jersey. They may decide to register. Uh, their kids for youth soccer. And the more people demonstrate interest and enter into that funnel, the better chance we have to convert them into lifelong fans. Uh, And that's our goal to continue to grow MLS, uh, MLS and make soccer the sport of choice in North America.
1: Well, I can also attest to the final of this last FIFA World Cup of friends of mine who have never watched soccer. I was actually with them that day and they're like, oh no, we're coming with you to watch the final. And I'm like, really? Uh, so kind of exciting, but also it's like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen in twenty twenty six when it's right here in our backyard, uh, and really kind of special to uh, give people the opportunity to to see that it's level incredible. of soccer, you know, and just to experience a World Cup.
3: It's incredible, I, it, you know. In my own living room, I have a, a six year old uh, son, and uh, you know, dad has some pretty good access to soccer events and soccer opportunities, and I couldn't get him uh, to be interested. Uh, and I and I kind of let him be and, and pursue his interest. And it wasn't until the World Cup in 2022 in Qatar, where kids in his kindergarten started talking about Lionel Messi, and he came home and he said, "I, I want to learn more uh, about Lionel Messi." And it sparked a passion where it's now his obsession. He plays, uh, you know, his Christmas list is, is all Lionel Messi jerseys and and shoes and things along those lines. So it, it is evidence in my own living room of the impact of the FIFA World Cup and those types of changes. Are taking place in homes uh, across the United States and Canada.
1: Well, Dad, don't let your son down for Christmas. Santa better be pretty good and get the. You have a lot, like you said earlier, you have a lot of access in soccer, so that Santa better be on point.
3: There's high demand for Lionel Messi merchandise, uh, but I, but I think, uh, I, th- I think, I think Santa will deliver.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I would love to hear uh, some stories about the 2014 World Cup uh, in Brazil when you work, but uh, what impact do you expect the 2026 World Cup to bring to the DFW area from a brand and property perspective, especially important to me as we, uh, uh, as a host committee, venture out here shortly to look for host city supporters and partners of our own.
3: Uh, it's an unbelievable event. And I, and I worked, as you mentioned, in, in 2014, I was working for uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev uh, and spent the duration of that World Cup uh, in Rio on the Copacabana, which was sort of the epicenter of fandom. Uh, and the one thing that strikes you about attending a World Cup is that the world attends, people from all over the world in one single place, but the world also watches. Uh, this last FIFA World Cup in 2022 in Qatar, the final drew 1.5 billion viewers. Uh, and the cumulative viewership of the tournament, according to BN Sports, was, was close to 5.5 billion people uh, uh, worldwide. For context, you know we talk about the Super Bowl in the United States as this big broadcast event. That drew less than 200 million. So just think about the scale uh, and the impact of this worldwide. Uh, and, and a study showed there's an immediate impact, right? Uh, I think Qatar estimated about a $17 billion uh, uh, impact to the Qatari economy. Uh, which is incredible, and there's also a lagging effect. They estimate that by 2030, they'll have about six million visitors to the country uh, annually, compared to two million in, in 2019. So it puts you on the map, and I think for North Texas, the the real opportunity is the eyes of the world to be front and center, and it's a real legacy opportunity.
2: Milo, Monica, and you know her team have done a, a tremendous job positioning Dallas to you know host the 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 final here. And, you know, from, from your perspective, what makes Dallas has been so strong?
3: Well, number one, they have Monica uh, and everything that goes through uh, the city of Dallas, Monica, makes sure it, it's a success. And we've worked with, with her, her team for a number of years uh, to know that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Dallas is a proven soccer city. And it's demonstrated that time and time again, uh, hosting big events, uh, be it the the gold cup be it Cope America matches, be it, uh, and I think you're hosting also the CONCACAF Nations League Finals uh, this upcoming March. We've managed the U.S. touring rights uh, for the Mexican national team uh, for over 20 years. We bring them to the United States, uh, and they play uh, in, in over 20 cities, um, you know, over the course of, of, you know, over the course of the last 10 years. The top three um, of the, three of the top five games uh, over that 20-year period in terms of attendance have taken place in Dallas. All over 82,500 in attendance. That doesn't happen in a lot of places around the world. Uh, you know, secondly, Dallas is a soccer city. They've got FC Dallas, uh, a, a major league soccer franchise with incredibly rich history. They're owned by the Hunt family. that has been one of the most uh, instrumental, I'd say vital supporters of the growth of their sport in, in North America. No bigger supporters Um, And you have a long history of world-class talent coming out of Dallas. FC Dallas' academy is considered one of the best uh, in the Americas. Players like Jesus Ferreira that I mentioned earlier, uh, Ricardo Pepi, who's now playing for PSV Eidenhoven uh, in the Netherlands, Weston McKinney, a a central figure in that U.S. national team midfielder uh, who is in uh, place for Juventus. It is a city with rich soccer culture, rich soccer history, world-class venues, and again, it has Monica. So anything that goes through that city is a success.
2: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, the MLS and Apple partnership just completed its first year, uh, and so, but you know, it's a it's an intriguing, you know, partnership. It, it's it's new, it's innovative. Uh, can you share some insights on how that partnership came to be, um, and you know, what the future looks like?
3: Yeah, we're we're very focused uh, on our fans and providing the best possible experience. Uh, meeting their needs, um, you know, like any company should. And the reality is media consumption is changing, particularly with younger audiences and how people engage uh, with the sport of soccer is is no different. Uh, We are the first league to move to a predominantly fully uh, streaming platform. Uh, And before we did the deal, we actually knew that the majority of our fans were already streaming live sports uh, on a weekly basis. So if anything, we were meeting the demands of our fans. You know, at the core, this Apple partnership is making it easier to be a fan of Major League Soccer. We've put every single game in one single place. With that same subscription, uh, you can watch uh, in over 100 countries. So if you live in Dallas and you travel to Mexico on vacation, you don't have to figure out which local broadcaster may be streaming or, or or broadcasting your favorite team's game. If you travel on business, it's exactly on the same exact place on your device. You don't have to figure out whether the hotel has the particular channel. Uh, it's made it easier. We're also not bound by linear broadcast windows. Uh, in 2022, we had 63 different match date and kickoff time variations across the league. So if you wanted to follow your team, you almost had to be a full-time researcher uh, to to really figure out when the games were taking place. Almost every single game uh, is at 7.30 p.m. kickoff time local. Most of the games are on Saturdays, some at Wednesdays. So it's a lot easier, and we're able to build habits uh, and fandom. And that's really thanks to this new platform we've built with Apple. Second, we're now producing uh, all matches with the same high quality. There's no variance. So if you look at any game throughout the season, you know exactly what you're watching, and you know that's an MLS game. The clean Apple graphics, we hired 100 talent that are calling the games in three different languages with passion and knowledge about the game. But um, but I, but I, And I truly believe we have one of the best broadcast products in sports, uh, and it's year one, and we believe that as people watch, they'll love it more. We know already that they're watching longer than they were in our linear days. So we know the product resonates, it's working and people love it. But I think the most important part of this, broad, of this partnership with Apple is it's more than a broadcast partnership. Sure, they're streaming our games on Apple TV with MLS Season Pass, but we're also integrating into the ecosystem of Apple products uh, and, ser- and services. So for example, all of our teams now have uh, playlists on Apple Music. We have some of our top players writing guides as to the favorite uh, food options and restaurants or places to visit in their home cities. And that's all available uh, on Apple Maps. We're also prominently featured on Apple News, which is the largest news aggregator uh, in North America and many other parts of the world. So we're putting Major League Soccer front and center. I mean, literally in, in the palm of people's hands as they get push notifications with games that are taking place. It's a fundamentally different experience. It's easier to connect with our sport, our superstars, our game. Um, And the great thing is it's only year one. We have 10 years to go uh, with the most advanced and innovative company in the world, which is a really exciting place to be for our league.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, you know, my girlfriend who is not an MLS fan, you know, before the season, she was like, I'm getting all this MLS stuff. Who's this messy guy? Who's Who's this? So I, you know, I'm an Apple subscriber, and so we watched FC Dallas. You know, when Messi was here, and she's like, "I think I like soccer now." So I Good. think, I think, okay. I think you're hitting, you're you're hitting, you're hitting exactly, uh, you know, the age demographic and and all of those things that that the partnership is is set to set set to. Um, the you know the global fan base for soccer is tremendous. Um, you know, how does the Apple partnership contributes to expanding, you know, the global footprint and are there any uh, specific strategies outside of all, all that you just laid out to uh, continue to grow those international audiences through technology? You
3: know, first and foremost, the, the, the simplicity that I mentioned, right? With a single subscription, you can watch every single minute, every league's cup game, MLS next pro MLS next tournaments, ancillary content in a single place. You know, previously we had maybe one match or two matches broadcast a week in certain countries. Now everything is available. And that's really important because I mentioned the diversity of our player pool, players from over 80 countries. So if you are in Colombia and you love Cucho Hernandez, MLS Cup MVP, you can watch his every single game with a single subscription. Similarly, if you're a fan of Lionel Messi, wherever you may be in the world, because they're they're everywhere, you can watch every single one of his games uh, in one place, so that that's really important—the access uh, to to our our top players. Um, secondly, a- Apple is is more than obviously just Apple TV and MLS season pass. They they have relationships with carriers and other companies around the world. And a great example is uh, in the U.S. this year, they made MLS season pass subscriptions available to T-Mobile uh, subscribers, so they were able to get us in homes faster than we would have selling sort of direct to consumer. Uh, uh, without the Apple partnership. Uh, And they're building those kinds of partnerships in different geographies around the world. So it enables us to scale much faster uh, and get MLS season pass in front of fans um, faster than we would otherwise. Uh, So they're really helping from a global relevance standpoint and we're thrilled. And like, as I mentioned before, uh, their reach, their scale, their innovation is exactly the kind of partner we want. We're not sure what's going to happen in the world and how uh, consumption is going to evolve over the next 10 years, but the fact that we're in a 10-year partnership with Apple, which again is the most innovative company in the world, puts us in a really good position to keep evolving and growing in the right ways and continuing to deliver for fans.
1: Well, Camilo, I really hope that there's a few of the other leagues uh, looking at what you are doing because I just returned from Mexico for the la- from the last 10 days and there were a, a few of the other um, a few other games, other sports, other leagues that I was not able to to watch because of. Uh, so your point is spot on there. Um, I was I was thinking, boy, it sure would be nice if uh, you know I could sign in, my subscription would work on on all of these. So um, before we let you go, you know, soccer has a, a has a rich tradition. Uh, there's always a push for more innovation in sport. Uh, how do you balance maintaining the traditional aspects of the game, but at the same time introducing new and and fresh elements to keep things uh, you know, moving along?
3: That's that's one of the fun parts uh, is is problem solving. And, uh, you know, FIFA governs a lot of what happens on the field, but there's a lot of space that we can play in both on the field and off the field to make the experience uh, better. And traditions are great. Uh, but there's some traditions that, that need change because they get in the way of, of the fan experience. You know, a great example is uh, stoppages in play. Fans want faster play. You see a lot of changes in Major League Baseball that's made the game faster in positive ways. Well, we had an insight. The fans got really frustrated when players would walk off the field slowly when they were being substituted. And we needed to expedite that. So we piloted a program in MLS Next Pro, which is our one of our development leagues, it gave players only 10 seconds to come off the field when they were substituted. And if they didn't, the player coming on for them would have to wait on the sideline for an incremental minute. You can imagine how players were racing off so that they wouldn't put their, their team at a disadvantage for the minute that followed. And it worked. It sped up the game. It, it changed the amount of stoppages that we had. Uh, and it worked so well that we're now implementing it in Major League Soccer uh, in 2024. Another great example is, is that from a technology standpoint, one of the things that Apple delivered uh, was a multi-screen option uh, so if you're watching on your apple tv device uh, and there's multiple games going on sometimes you're frustrated that you have to switch channels and you've got you know your ipad or your phone next to your tv screen trying to watch multiple games of, at once well with the multi-screen option on apple tv you can actually put up to four games at once on your screen and switch audio from one to the other if things are happening um so it's fundamentally changed the way i know i watch the games when there's a, there's a certain amount of games that i want to watch at the same time but you can also think about product differently and think about uh schedule differently to create more moments more tension more velocity in your annual calendar uh, i mentioned leagues cup earlier uh in our discussion League's cup is a mid-season tournament we actually paused our regular season then our partners at liga mequis which is the, the top league in mexico paused their regular season as well in mid-july and we played uh all of our clubs 47 clubs over the course of 30 days 77 matches a World Cup-style tournament to determine one champion, and in the end, Inter Miami and Lionel Messi raised the cup. But it's an example of of building a really interesting, exciting, and compelling uh, uh, asset for fans or tournament for fans uh, that really cut through and put us um, on the on the on the world stage uh, because we thought differently about how to use our calendar and moments in the season. Um, and the rest is history. The NBA actually uh, announced as well that they're going to uh embark on a mid-season tournament as well so you're starting to see innovation and sort of how people think about and leagues think about their calendar to create more compelling uh competitions tournaments games of consequence uh for fans uh and we pride ourselves on being on the forefront uh uh, of innovation and we think we do it really well uh, while still balancing to your and maintaining sort of the the great parts of of our games traditions
1: well, Camillo, thank you so much for joining us today. True, uh, great actually catching up to you. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, I'm not sure how we've been missing one another uh, with so many events here, but uh, definitely look forward to seeing you here back in the Dallas area soon.
3: I, I look forward to being there and I think we keep missing each other because we, we work in soccer in many ways. So we're just zooming about. It's a great time for our sport, great momentum. Uh, and we're always excited to be in Dallas.
1: All right, thank you, Camillo. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors.
2: Get ready, sports fans. This fall is stacked with events right here in the Big D. From food sport to football, the number one sports business city has something for everyone. Head to dallassports.org to sign up for access to exclusive ticket announcements, discounts, and pre-sales to be part of the next big win.
0: Thanks, Rachel. And now we are pleased to be joined by Andrea Jones, the director of Global Brand Sponsorships, experiential marketing at American Express. That's a big job, everybody. Andrea is a UNT alum like Marcus. Of course, Marcus, Andrea, he's got so many degrees. He's an alum of SMU. He's hes <laughs> educated. That's why we call him Next Level, because he, he keeps going back to school and he's a smart that guy. That is
4: definitely Next Level.
0: Uh, but go Mean Green. Before joining American Express, Andrea worked her way up at Dr. Pepper Snapple. Before a long stint at AT&T, we love having people uh, on the Mic Drop who have had cool career experiences, and you certainly have. At AT&T, Andrea led sponsorship of experiential advertising. She's also on the board of WISE. Now, Mic Drop Dallas listeners know that WISE stands for Women in Sports and Events because we are big fans, and that group, the local chapter, is definitely uh, friends of the, of the podcast. Uh, Andrea welcome to uh, Mike Drop Dallas. Great to have you on.
4: Thanks Holly. I'm I'm very happy to be here.
0: All right, let's jump right in. I'm sure you've seen a lot within the sports sponsorship space that, and all these great jobs that we've mentioned that you've had. What is the importance of sports sponsorships in in and building and enhancing a brand's global presence?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, sports is a passion point. And I think that the idea that sponsoring a sport creates an opportunity to, to meaningfully engage with fans at their point of passion. So I think it gives brands an opportunity to increase their presence and, and tap into that community sense or that loyalty that fans have with their respective team or league, et cetera. So so it's a great opportunity to to, to really sort of give fans an opportunity to experience your brand, to really kind of touch and feel, and and to do it at a point where, you know, folks are most excited and most passionate. So ideal opportunity there.
0: Earlier this year, Dallas was named the number one city in America to do sports business. This was by the Sports Business Journal based on all kinds of data, research, analytics, and metrics. So this was not a subjective uh, poll. What do you think makes Dallas such an attractive destination for sports sponsorship?
4: Well, Dallas is, I'm from here, so I'm a little biased. I'll just put that out there. But uh, but I think Dallas has a very uh, passionate, Sports culture here, you know, we we kind of run the gamut in sports, and we have top performing teams across major leagues. So I think that creates an opportunity to build that unique culture. I think we also have the venues and the facilities that that operate on that national level, and and lends itself very well to to uh, major events and things like that. So I think it's a it's an amazing city that that uh, I think works really well for 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 sports sponsorships,
2: so Monica and you know the Dallas Sports Mission have done a wonderful job positioning you know Dallas and their FIFA World Cup bid to elevate not only North Texas but you know all the brands and partners involved. You know, from your perspective, you know what would you know being a sponsor of a FIFA World Cup bring to a brand and increase that uh, global footprint? As you know, you mentioned before,
4: yeah. Uh, you know, the World Cup is a, is, it, I mean, it's a huge event. It has massive, you know, scale and reach. So I think when brands uh, partner with events like that, that's exactly what they're looking for. You know, it it brings that diverse culture, that diverse audience. It It's obviously a sport that has strong, passionate fans. And so I think when brands partner with an event like a World Cup on a massive national stage, that's what they're looking for. You know, they're looking to engage those guys and do it in a way that's unique with a sport that they're extremely passionate about and elevate their brand and and all in the process.
2: We've seen a significant change, you know, through the sports, you know, not just sponsorships, but sports trends as a whole. Um, You know, from your perspective, what are some trends that you find most exciting and what do you think, you know, the next steps are as, you know, we continue to push uh, forward as fans, consumers, et cetera?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, coming out of the post-pandemic, I think uh, trends have gone towards, they're leaning more towards meaningful engagement at this point i think brands are looking beyond just logo inclusion and looking for real opportunities to give fans a chance to experience their brand and and i think technology is probably another trend that's really lending itself to sports sponsorship it's it's enhancing the fan experience both in the venue and outside the venue and also you know creating uh opportunities for fan to engage interactivity immersive experience i think Those probably are the two that come to mind that just that meaningful fan engagement. And then obviously the evolution of technology.
2: So as, as Sully, you know, mentioned, I, I am a, you know, I love learning. I love, you know, getting advice from people. Monica also teaches a class uh, at SMU that's an undergrad class, which, you know, some of their required coursework is to listen to our podcast and get advice from people like you. So, you know, As a seasoned professional, you've you've gone through all of this, you know, great experience. What would be, you know, your best advice for someone starting their career or looking to start their career in sports? Uh,
4: Network, network, network. I mean, I I would definitely say meet as many people as you can. And I would take any opportunity to get in the sports business, even if it's probably not your most ideal um, any opportunity to learn the business side, learn the experience. I would definitely jump on that. Um, um, uh, networking for sure. I would say build that strong foundation, like get, you know, do your legwork, do your research, understand what the opportunities are. They're frankly endless. I mean, like, um, so I would, I would encourage folks that, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I'm a, I was an athlete in college. So when I was in college way, way long time ago, um, it was, it was as a, as a, your options were kind of professional athlete or agent, you know, but I think now even, you know, being in this business, I've learned that there's so many opportunities to stay close to. If you're, if you're passionate about sports, there's opportunities. So I would say, do that legwork and meet as many people as you can. And go to industry events and stay up on industry trends and things like that. And I think that'll kind of set you apart from, from the rest.
0: What was your sport at UNT that you played? Basketball. Okay. So break down your game for us, Andrea, who, uh, (laughs) what was your, describe your, your game for us. And, uh, uh, so
4: I went to school, I went to high school here and I played, I played college in high school. I played basketball in high school also. And I was like the second tallest girl on the team. I'm only five, eight. But when I went to college, I was the second shortest girl on the team. So I had to enhance my ball handling skills. I had to become a much, much better shooter, which I did, if I may say so myself. And um and the, and I had to learn how to and I had to enhance my court vision also. So I kind of went from a small forward in high school to a two guard in, in college.
0: So so you were the Luca of the Mean Green uh, back, <laughs> back in the day
4: i don't know if i'd go that far but somewhere in there
0: now the the mavericks have had i assume you follow the mavericks you probably you grew up as a mavericks fan i mean the mavericks Absolutely. are having a hard time getting everybody on the court at the same time right now with obviously yeah. kyrie's been out josh green's been out maxi cleave has been out a couple other guys in and out what do you think the mavericks uh you know chances are if they can get everybody on the court how good do you think they can be this year
4: I mean, it's amazing. I think if you you just hit the nail on the head. I think it's keeping everybody healthy is really the key in keeping them healthy at the same time. I think they have a lot, all the pieces. Like I think they have the pieces that they need to put it together. But it's just going to be a matter of making sure everybody stays healthy.
0: Right. You know, back in uh, your, I just I'm thinking about how you mentioned passion uh, in, in in around in sports and then working in sports and. It's the best thing from my experience about working in sports is you're part of something that people really care about. And you, when you were speaking, you re, re, I was reminded of uh, way back, this was 2005 or six. I, I was at, uh, at an event at Microsoft and I heard Bill Gates speak and he was addressing the top women leaders from Microsoft from all over the world. And the first question he got was about work-life balance. And the, his answer was, well, I don't follow sports and I don't watch television. And so while I'm not able to participate in those conversations, it frees up a lot of time. And immediately I felt sorry for him because I get so much enjoyment from both sports and that passion being ignited and in television. And then it occurred to me that on that particular day, he was the wealthiest man on the face of the earth, the wealthiest person. And I'm feeling sorry for him because he doesn't follow sports, but yeah. there's nothing like it maybe maybe music a little bit uh but you know so so as we as we wrap up you know there's this opportunity when you work in sports to be a part of something that people really care about unlike uh you know almost any anything else in terms of the way the passions run so in your in your role as a board member with wise women in in sports and events the the dallas chapter you know you play a crucial role and 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 mentoring and nurturing you know young women coming into sports and events uh can you share how wise continues to engage the next generation of sports professionals you know we always need new people uh, coming in uh how do you help them you know find opportunities and get their network uh you know underway
4: yeah they i appreciate that question i i um i and i totally agree with you on on the sports passion you know i've never I've never won a national championship, never been, never played in a Super Bowl, or, but I have some moments in my career that are sports related that could, could, could challenge those, that feeling like getting that, you know, being at, you know, Olympic games and things like that. And it's, it's been, it's, it's been fantastic. And so, you know, at, at, uh, when I joined wise a couple of years ago, it was really along the lines of, um, there's not a lot of women in this business. And um, I think the women in this business, they're, they' you know, we kind of bond together and, and help to not only grow and, and, and help each other's career where we are, but also to, to take a step back and, and and look at who's following us and, and ensuring that we take the learnings that we are kind of getting on the job, passing those along to the folks that are following us. And I think, Wise does a really good job of creating programmatic opportunities like Welly and our education programs and things like that that give members uh the chance to not only learn about the business and get, I mean, we do things certainly like, you know, resume building and interview tips and th- and stuff like that, but it's also even beyond that when you talk about things like mentorship and really and internships and really giving folks an opportunity to be on the ground in in certain sports moments and in, in being able to see kind of what it, what happens, like what goes on when you're putting together an IRL activation. So I'm, I'm super proud of the work we've done and super proud of the work that we'll continue to do for sure.
0: Where can people get more information online or social media about the, the Dallas chapter in particular or wise?
4: Yeah, I would go to wisedfw.com. Um, that's the, that's the site. And then it's, it's that same ad on, on all the major social channels for sure. Like, and we try to keep up to speed. Um, there's a mentoring, uh, corner that you can tap into and, and, uh, request mentorship. I think that program's kicking off again in Q1. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely opportunities there for sure.
0: Well, congratulations on your the great work you're doing at WISE and also at American Express. And Thanks for joining us. Really enjoyed the conversation and really appreciate your insights on on how sports sponsorships work in today's today's, uh, sports landscape.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Nice to meet everyone.
0: Great to have you. So on behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to Camilo Durana and Andrea Jones for joining us. That's a wrap for 2023, everybody. Season 4 comes to a close. It was a great year. We look forward to Connecting again in 2024, thanks to the Mike Drop production team. Next Level, Marcus Carr and Merrick's Doc Gooden of Tony Faye PR. Alex Gilbert over at the Sports Commission. Of course, our showrunner, Tony Faye. Until next time, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody.